hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of backdashrow.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. This is Cream of the Crud, the show where we talk about the movies we've been watching, maybe news of notable releases or Blu-rays or upcoming movies, and so much more. It's a potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged. My name is Dan Gorman, and I'm excited because I'm back again with Carlo. Hey, been a while, long, long time, no talkie. Oh my God. And (laughs) surprise, we have a guest. It's Jenna. Yeah. First time guest on uh, Cream of the Crud. Are you a guest though? You're just another co-host, aren't you? (laughs) I'm just the the loser that wandered in here and like wouldn't (laughs) leave your couch. Yeah, the one the one that pays us uh, for our services. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm just throwing money at you. To keep you talking. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been like, I feel like half a year almost, or yeah, has it been much. since we did one of these? <laughs> yeah, I think like September, if I'm guessing, which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's when a the craziness started here. So, yeah. Yeah, you moved. Yeah, I moved. Yeah. Another yeah. recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm also excited about this episode because... You've been watching a lot of newer movies, and that's yeah, something weird, that I right? right. That's something that was always like, yeah, I'll get around to some new movies, but but like you have a fun reason to watch. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of forced to watch new movies now because I'm like volunteering at film festivals. There's two film festivals here in Belgium that I'm volunteering at. Uh, started like in March. Well, one of them started in March of 2022, and the other one is more of a recent thing. Just helping with the like putting together a, like a schedule movies like watching new movies uh, more so for the Japanese film festival because uh, that's a smaller team and I have a bit more responsibility there already even though I'm fairly new and the other one um, it's uh, well the Japanese film festival is like predominantly new films like once in a while they do like they will do like a classic. But the other film festival is a cult film festival. They do like, it's a much bigger film festival as well. They have like crazy guests. Um, George Eastman might come in, in March of 2023. We will, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, it's like 15 new movies. And then there's like different modules of, uh, yeah, old movies. I will say like the big module now is a robot module. And that's going to be like 25 movies ish. And I'm, I'm, doing a lot uh a lot of legwork there watching like robot movies i've mostly done the work already but um but yeah the new movies mostly been for the japanese film festival so the last two weeks especially like january i've seen like already 14 movies and in the the past 12 days and i think like 13 of them have been japanese new movies that are that have yet to be released outside of the uh you know the festival circuit 
Can I ask That's you if awesome. they're good? Are you like you're enjoying yourself? Yeah, this it's like I don't know, like two out of the five movies. I'm like, yeah, okay, I like that, and and that's not too bad. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not dreading my time, though. I will say I have started a, like I don't know, I don't know how many movies, but sometimes I will start a movie and if like twenty minutes in, I am just like dead asleep. I'm like, this is not a good sign, <laughs> you know. You kind of have to make priorities because I don't have time to watch every screener because there's mm-hmm. a lot. So I kind of filter it that way by way of my attention span. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you notice like is there are you seeing like themes across new movies? Mm. Like are you being like oh there's a lot of like you know family dramas that I'm watching or anything or Yeah, well that's just Japanese cinema. Like there's always been a lot of family dramas. That's just like a staple of of, of mm. Japanese. And Japanese cinema in, in general is like they're not as dominated by big blockbuster sci-fi mm. spectacles the way you know american cinema is these days and and it honestly is kind of refreshing like i watch a lot of like simple family family dramas or like really um subtle well not, not always subtle but like uh low-key comedies and stuff mm. you know stuff that doesn't really require much of a budget and and that's kind of nice like for new movies may, maybe that's why i avoid so many new movies because i feel like it's so like uh american cinema kind of become kind of you know stagnated and yeah. suffocating in that sense because it's hard to i know there's still like good stuff being released obviously and i don't uh entirely ignore that but yeah it just no, it's just hard to... yeah hmm? it's, it's hard i'm with you I, I i find it hard to watch especially blindly like i'll get screeners uh yeah. or i've i've the the few times that I've gotten all of the screeners for like even and not, not obviously I'm not the one picking them but just all of mm-hmm. the screeners for uh, a um oh my gosh what's the word convention what am I thinking of the festival? thing that you're doing festival gee whiz <laughs> I said it like twenty times just now I know I know like I said it too anyhow, much the word is gone <laughs> yeah it's gone but no for these festivals like occasionally I'll I'll get something where they're like here's all the screeners for everything at this festival and like I'll try and go through them but it's kind of hard and it's not yeah. that they're all awful you know it's just that mm. they're not it's hard to just gear up to like watch a bunch of modern movies mm. when there's a lot of same sameness to a lot yeah. of modern films and like what they're making as you're saying and like you know mm-hmm. focus or like like the the way it's shot and all that stuff and it it gets rough so I think power to you I, I it's not yeah. that easy I mean, my my main passion is still like discovering older movies that I haven't seen yet because there's yeah. still so much I want to see. But um, yeah, you know, just for the festival as an excuse, like uh, a couple of months a year, I will focus on more new movies from now on going forward, I guess. And yeah, it's 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 fine. Like it's nice being part of a thing like that. Um, feel appreciated. Um, and like I said, for the the, the off-screen festival in Brussels, uh, they're always doing older movies as well. Like that huge robot module, I, it's uh, that's just been really nice as well. I guess for the off-screen festival, I didn't watch that many uh, newer movies because it's yeah, I don't know. It's it like I said, it's it's just just a bit much bigger team. Uh, mm. They have plenty of people watching all of those movies. Once in a while, they will need like a tiebreaker, and then I'll go like, okay, I'll, I'll watch it as well, and, <laughs> and and be able to pitch in also, um, yeah, and maybe, yeah, that uh, the the scale step one way or the other, thanks to that <laughs> or something. 
Um, I yeah. I did see you watch a lot of uh you logged a lot of robot movies uh, on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like if <laughs> if people know now that I am helping at the Austrian Film Festival and they follow me on Letterboxd, like every year. <laughs> they will probably get like a sneak preview at what might be coming <laughs> in march if, <laughs> if you could pick one of the robot movies mm. you watched recently to say to recommend to somebody what would it be um if it's like one that i had never seen before and that kind of impressed me in a way it's the black hole from 1979 yeah disney i, I know it's not like a universally loved movie and it's i think it flopped it feels like a movie that flopped yeah. back in the yeah. day because it's like a Disney production, but it doesn't really feel like a Disney production at all. It's like it's pretty dark yeah. in places, especially at the end. It's just it's like half Disney because there's a little like cute robot. There's a cute and robot, yeah. There's a lot of that kind of like stodgy Disney like drama bit, yeah. and talking and stuff. But then yeah. all of a sudden, it's also some of the best special effects you'll ever see. And then yeah. like a huge like like they go through hell. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. it's like fucking awesome <laughs> yeah this the sets in 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 particular really yeah. impressed me in that movie like watching that in like uh, hd i was i was kind of impressed by it and and uh kind of kicking myself for not watching it sooner so that's definitely going to play on the festival um nice. other, other people on the team liked it as well i think um like the chairman of the of the festival or whatever you the director i guess of the festival it was like a big childhood movie for him and he sold it as like this movie really traumatized me as a child. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like you guys to see it as well and see if it holds up and if it's like a candidate for the festival. And then, uh, yeah, me and um, uh, another person who helped with the festival, we both really liked it. So, yeah, that's, that's in. It would be cool to do like a weekend film festival of dark Disney movies. Like Watcher yeah. in the Woods. Hell I think yeah. one of the Witch Mountain movies has some fucked up shit in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like those are the same director. Uh, like one of the Witch Mountain movies and the one you just mentioned, Watcher in the Woods. Isn't yeah. that both like the same director, I believe? I, I think I've so. Seen Watcher in the Woods, but not the other one. Yeah. That yeah. was a fun, weird period for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, so usually we would jump into like, let's talk about, um, screenings we've done or, or Blu-ray announcements, but we're going to pop in a different cassette today. And we're going to talk about, um, on the topic of new movies, uh, Evil Dead Rise was announced and Mm. in the wake of the announcement in the back row discord, some Evil Dead discussions popped off. I decided to go and rewatch the Evil Dead remake for the first time since it came out in theaters. Mm. And then, Jenna, you also went and did that. I was inspired by you, Dad. I learned <laughs> it from you. Yeah. And and then we were all kind of just talking about, like, what does an Evil Dead sequel or mm. you know new film in that franchise look like today? And do we need it or do we want it and all these things? Mm-hmm. So I thought let's let's dive into it. Yeah, well, I would say that we're all fans of Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. as a, as like a franchise or at least the first three films, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Sam Raimi stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on. foundation. <laughs> yeah, come on, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, just... that's like part of the stuff I watched as a child, and it scared the bejesus out of me as a kid. But even then, I knew that Army of Darkness ruled. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. So when that rebate came out, I remember liking it, not loving it, yeah. but 
but sort of being like, I, I enjoyed that and kind of found myself in like defender mode because everyone else I knew <laughs> were, was just like, fuck remakes or whatever, Aww. you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I was like, it's not bad. And so finally I, you know, for the first time since whatever, 2013 went and revisited it. And, you know, I like it quite a bit. I think, I think it's a movie that sends you out on such a positive note that it's hard mm. to care about all the shit in it that I think is bad, which is just, it has like some really gnarly bad, you know, acting <laughs> TV level actors, you know, yeah. like everybody except for the main character. Um, Mia is basically just like, yeah. I walked in off the set of supernatural or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, it's I, not I remember great. also watching that i was really hyped up for it big yeah just like a big evil death fan and definitely like the last stretch of that movie really had me pumped coming out of the theater and i was like yeah that ruled yeah um but then i've also gone back to it not as recently as you guys but i definitely like a couple of years ago i i was like yeah did that rule or yeah how, how do i feel about it now now that the hype has died down and then i rewatched and i thought like yeah, this is perfectly fine, and and the last like stretch still kind of rules, and I think I'm like, um, I was less swept up in the whole yeah. like going to the theater and seeing all that stuff uh, play out the way it does at the end uh, on the big screen and everything. I was impressed with how the this remake kind of I thought really captured the the spirit of the original film as far as what the movie was trying to do, yeah. which I don't think is what anyone else would call the spirit of the original film. I know, but I <laughs> like agree the with you. Plot, but like it is like, you know, the, the one of the things that I find so amazing about the original, the evil dead movie is that mm. it really is this film about just how just like horrifying it is to have to kill your loved ones <laughs> and, you know, dealing with the fact, and it's like sad. I mean, it's a yeah. sad film. Like what, what Bruce Campbell, what ash goes through in that first yeah. movie is really like he has to kill his sister he has to kill his girlfriend slash fiance i mean like there's all this stuff and he doesn't want to do any of it even when he's being like blasted with blood and guts it's like mm. he's yeah. always like really af afraid of doing it he doesn't want to do it um yeah he's, he's unlike not... evil dead 2 where he like yeah. owns yeah. it but yeah mm -hmm. he's not the ash he becomes later on right not. yeah <laughs> exactly and and so i mean I, and that's really great. I thought like my favorite part of the original is that. And so Evil Dead 2013 actually does capture quite a bit of that aspect of it, which I thought was really nice. The problem is all the characters are so boring. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> but God. I mean, the, the, I even think the drug addiction at angle was kind of interesting because it was a way better justification for why anybody would stay there for more than yeah. like mm. five seconds. You mm. know, like it, they were totally. trying to. But. But even with that, they're trying to logically solve something that is inherently illogical. So, like, why bother? Yeah. You yeah. know, like. But, but when you think about it, like the characters in the original, the Evil Dead, are are they much better? <laughs> like, they're no, just I mean, very that's one dimensional. Just yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking of too. Is like even even you know, in Bruce Campbell itself, admittedly, uh, in his own autobiography and, and in multiple interviews, he's like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a good actor then. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I would say he's better than than you know. He has something, you know, yeah. whether or not. Oh well, yeah, doing uh, it that's best, why he's Bruce Campbell, but... and that's why he right. has <laughs> this the like the cult stat status that he has because he's Bruce Campbell. There's something there, like even in the in the first Evil Dead movie, 
there are glimpses of it but then mm-hmm. the second one totally. just is like man what yeah. happened you really came into yourself into uh, your i own. think the the 2013 evil dead you know that being the worst part one of the worst parts of it is almost just like the, all that stuff is bad because it, 2013 you know it was made <laughs> at a time when like that was the like acceptable baseline for your like not the was how big budget was this was it like i know it was like a big mainstream hollywood horror movie but i feel Mm. like you know none of the people in this movie were like huge huge stars at the time Um, well neither is the director right i don't think he's had yeah and so really but it it was like produced by like sam Raimi and co but that was it really and ghost um ghost house or the sam raimi's production company like they were obviously yeah. putting out big mainstream horror movies so you don't have the like scrappy low budget vibe but then you also don't have the like this is like you know we're pumping hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into this so you, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. fact that like it kind of defaults to like yeah just like above the average of a television movie drama you know yeah. it's almost like it, the thing that it's lacking is the fact that it wasn't made in the eighties and doesn't have like the cheese, the kind of like sort of cheese fun, low budget factor to it to like boy that stuff that sucks. Yeah. And then they also decide to be like, Oh, we'll also make everybody get an ash moment instead of having one character be ash. And that kind of sucks too. Yeah. Cause um, there's like no one act- actor. Yeah. You know, present enough or has like the chops to pull that off so they kind of spread it out which is neither here nor there really <laughs> yeah but the cool the cool thing is that i do, the one last thing i'll say about this movie is i think they did good by making the main character mia there's a whole thing where like they're a demon the whole movie but then at the end of the movie they kind of turn back and have to kill themselves yeah and i feel like that kind of plays on the thing that Jenna was saying of like killing your loved ones. And then they kind of ladder that up to like killing yourself, the evil version of yourself at the end of the movie. And it's really like satisfying how it happens. And I feel like they really fucked up by not being like, let's do another movie with them. Mm. Like, where's yeah. Mia? Where? I think it <laughs> maybe just wasn't enough of a hit. Like I'm looking at the budget. It was like just now because you were talking about the budget. It was like 17 million, which is yeah. not a small amount for a horror movie. That like no, it's like 20... right in that like mid budget, right? So it's like of course yeah. it feels like a like a episode of Supernatural. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, but it it did gross 97 million worldwide, which yeah sounds okay i mean yeah. enough for a sequel but yeah justice for mia i mean they that end of the movie is so kick-ass i feel like they could have done maybe she's in the new one something yeah do we well, know so i'm here <laughs> i don't think she is but what but what would you guys want out of a franchise like evil dead rise the trailer um mm. i like some of the imagery like that mm-hmm. creepy dead lady's face through a keyhole or you know whatever through the door is like in itself enough to get me intrigued to watch it yeah uh the plot doesn't i mean it's like two sisters and their children in a summer home and i'm sure they stumble upon the necronomicon (laughs) but uh i don't know like what do you guys want from a franchise of evil dead like Mm. i I, i'm sort of really stumped about what i would want to see and i guess honestly in a way i would have more fun if they went more if they leaned more into 
that world of the dead. Like, I think I would want to mm. see where these demon, these deadites are coming from. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. they, they talk about that, like this book came from somewhere. And even in an army of darkness, they allude to this other universe yeah. and like, we mm. never see it. I think that's what I would kind of want. I would want like Dante's Inferno, but with evil dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's kind of simple. I just need two things. There, there needs to be like a central performance that is like really charismatic that draws me to the movie. And also in the, the tone needs to be like almost tipping into comedy, tipping over yeah. into comedy. Yeah. Those are like two essential evil dead things. And if they're kind of missing, it, it just, yeah, it might be a fine horror movie, but it won't ever really feel like evil dead. Yeah. For me. I have a, I have a feeling this movie is going to be more along the lines of the remake in the, in the sense that, it's not going to be comedic, but no. it's going to be so violent and gross and crazy yeah. that it will snap that into way, that yeah. right. in moments. But I mean, I think that I read that the the movie takes place in like um, an apartment building and they find it mm. in like the basement yeah, of the, the apartment basement, building. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, to me, I think my my expectations are so low. I'm just kind of like if it's a horror movie and it's entertaining and like yeah like there's some comedy to the to the the gore and as long as it's not garbage i don't really care that it <laughs> says evil dead on the tin you know no, like I, I, you know what i mean like, i'm I'd, i'm I'd, yeah i'd love to be surprised but if it ends up just being like a watch a move watchable movie i'll be yeah okay yeah. that's fine and i'll move on <laughs> right. no harm done <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yeah, you can't compare it to the originals or else no, just, no, no. I, I would have given the remake such a, a low score. <laughs> yeah. But as it is, it was fine. I thought it was totally fine and yeah, watchable exactly. and as enjoyable. It is, fine. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to totally see this one in theaters now because I I also feel like going to the theater is like it's like voting now. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's too important <laughs> to do not it. do. <laughs> yeah. 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 I haven't uh, been in ages. Jesus. I know, and all these theaters are closing, even in New York, where it's you know they're, the theater culture is going pretty strong. Like you know, a handful mm. of these multiplexes have closed uh, in the wake of twenty uh, twenty, and yeah. I just you know I just don't want them all to close. You know, yeah, I don't think much is closed over here, but then again, there isn't a whole a whole lot really. But even in, in, in Brussels and, and other like bigger cities where there's more of a theater scene in general like movie movie fans and, and ghent also i i haven't really heard of much like closures in the wake of 2020 so that's good i yeah i think everybody in canada should stop going to the big um multiplex chain mm -hmm. cineplex because they suck so much their experience <laughs> is garbage and they are like bullying the smaller theaters um out of being able to show like second run movies and it's yeah, like, Jesus. so like, it, it's like if the theater that's like within a certain radius wants to show the like the movies that have been out a certain length, they'll say yeah. like, no, not until we're done screening it. And so every, I just think everyone in Canada should go to all the small places. Only they go can see do that. And, yeah, they can, yeah, really they can, totally they can get away with people. that shit. Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's um, the problem. That's like a, the other big issue besides rent. Yeah, <laughs> but. But the, the rep cinemas here have been doing a lot of like super good stuff. So like absolutely go see cool shit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of theaters, um, Jenna, did you want to talk about anything in 2023 that's going to be coming out? Um, you said some maybe there were some most anticipated movies. I scrolled through a 
couple lists. Well, it's funny because uh, I recently on the Criterion uh, collection, like quoted me for something I had tweeted. I saw Scorsese talking with Joanna Hogg in, in New York and Metrograph and at an, a screening of Eternal Daughter. And he off the cuff made this remark about we're going to release Killers of the Flower Moon in a couple of months, like I promise. And everyone clapped. <laughs> so I tweeted about it because I know everyone's desperate for any scrap of information. But then it's got picked up by all these like Twitter aggregate, like, you know, things that were like, you know, film critic yeah. Scorsese, you know, <laughs> says this to Jenna Ipcar. I was like, yeah, yeah. He said it to me specifically. Yeah. <laughs> but, nice. um, you know, so then it got picked up even by Criterion and they they published also film critic Jenna Ipcar. So I am Criterion official now. Nice. But um. It was a, a whole article. Uh, there was like the Criterion newsletter on the most anticipated films of 2023. And uh, it just got me thinking because there was a there was a bunch of good ones that they had listed, um, including, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon, which I'm definitely excited to see. And uh, Wes Anderson's space movie is going to come out this yeah. year, which I'm excited about. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? Uh, I mean, I want to know what Barbie is like. Because yeah, I'm curious as well. I yeah. really like the Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Like everything they've done so far, I've been pretty. I've enjoyed basically all of them. So I'm kind of like, I want to see what that's gonna be. You know, that's one of the more interesting things when I get like, okay, they're making a new Mission Impossible. It's mm, Christopher McQuarrie again. Like that's gonna be. I'm sure that'll be great. I might rent it or something i don't i'm you know whatever i'll, I'll see it eventually yeah. you know evil dead rise obviously i'm sure. gonna watch yeah but like i don't know i'm people got really excited about that cocaine bear movie <laughs> that's just the title isn't it and i feel like that's just the title i i yeah. mean i didn't watch the trailer but no same there's, no, there's a movie now called cocaine dopey. bear i'm like sure why not <laughs> i mean maybe it'll be good I'm, like, um, I'm, I'm also intrigued by that, but I'm not excited about it. I'll yeah, it I, I know literally nothing about that movie, like not even who's in it or even the premise. I'm I'm assuming it's about a cocaine bear, but it might as well just be the title. Yeah. Yep. No, totally. you got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Based yeah. on a true story, it's like some some really dopey, like you know, one-off uh, Wait, news articles it... in the '80s. Yeah, it is. It was like some plane. Some guy was trying to smuggle coke over, in, in the plane crashed. And he put and it some... in the bear. <laughs> no, a bear like found it and like overdosed and died, and they found yeah. the bear's dead body. So I think that they like added in a whole. That's thing some of, story. Like, <laughs> the, <laughs> they added a whole thing about it being like raging on cocaine and killing people. In yeah. Between. Okay. So it's so. a killer bear kind of movie. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. But the reason is cocaine. Okay. Yeah, and directed by Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough, um, oh, God. Okay. like not oddly because they've directed a bunch of movies, but I didn't think Cocaine Bear would be their next one. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barbie's for me, funny. Like, I, people are really excited about Barbie, and I'm sort of baffled by their excitement more than I like. I'm with you. Like, it looks sort of intriguing. I like their 2001 uh, trailer. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I do think it's very funny that it's coming out the same day as, as Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't, I just, I'm very confused as to why like a bunch of um, people are really excited about Barbie. <laughs> it, it, I, I don't know how excited people are in general about it. I just watched the trailer. I was like, yeah, okay, this, this looks yeah, interesting. People are pretty like, I think they've done, probably i guess a good job in the marketing department of like mm -hmm. 
some photos got out, you know, of Gosling and them. Yeah, on right, the right. And then the trailer. And now people are pretty like, I mean, for me, it's I'm most interested in like, what are they going to get away with? Like, are they going to yeah. be able to take something that's such a like, you know, cornerstone of like consumerism and mm-hmm. like, you know, like Have a toxic, like, I don't know you know like what barbie stood for for so long and yeah are like they the, gonna... the simpsons episode about yeah Stacey's gonna be like that right like <laughs> are they gonna get away with some kind of like satire or twist on like you know i don't I know wonder, yeah. I wonder. <laughs> or is it or... just gonna be like a celebration i don't know it's yeah. meant to be some sort of satire because i think that she the plot is that barbie is like breaking free from barbie world and goes into the real world but to okay. me that's kind of a bummer because if they had just mm. set the whole thing in barbie dreamland like i would mm-hmm. have been way happier like i always hate when they have going to the real world have... <laughs> well it's like they have these clear visual like art direction and yeah, you yeah. know and really then they excited for that. that, and then yeah, half the movie is in like you know a New York sewer. Or yeah, <laughs> I would like that a New York sewer, but not just like regular streets. It yeah, needs to be gunky. Actually, yeah, how about that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie that's coming out? That actually uh, seems very promising. Is there what a trailer? I, I, all I know about it is that the uh, Wayne White son is, has has worked on it, and I and I know what the logo looks like. But there's no is there footage? No footage yet. I do think that we're going to get some information about that this year, unless it's, I think, I thought it was coming out this year, but maybe mm-hmm. I'm lying. But, um, no, it might be, yeah. It, it, besides uh, Wayne White's son, there's like a bunch of really interesting art people that are attached to it. So like, yeah, I'm yeah. actually kind of curious about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I never a... thought I was going to be curious about <laughs> it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a long time Ninja Turtle fan, like grew up with it, just obsessed with those toys as a kid I and the cartoon, the cartoon and everything. And so yeah, I'm in, in theory I'm excited about it, and just by based on the fact that Wayne White's son and other like likewise talented artists are are working on it, I'm, I'm yeah I'm very curious what that's gonna look like. Yeah, it looks like the um, some of the other people involved with it worked on like Gravity Falls and Mitchell's versus oh, cool. the Machine. Yeah, it's like a stacked art cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just know that the the logo was designed by this guy, something Villart, and he did this um, cartoon, I think for Adult Swim. It was like a one-off called like Gorgoth the Barbarian, if I'm not mistaken, mm. which was like um, just this one-off weird like Conan the Barbarian parody kind of thing, really gross looking. Uh, he did something else after that, but it was all like very, you know, almost like, you know, have you ever seen Super Jail? Yeah. Or you know what that looks like? Almost, almost that kind of style, like really crazy, okay. gross, hyper bullshit. Yeah. And he he designed the logo for the new Ninja Turtle movie, which I, I think that's the only thing that he did, which is, yeah, I don't know. How did he get that gig of just making the logo? <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. It's kind I of a grody looking to, logo. I just want that movie to look like Mad God. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah if you like yeah maybe 30 years if you work on it 30 years yeah. like phil tippett did then maybe it will it will look like that you can make a ninja turtle movie in in three decades <laughs> yeah that would be rad though uh well should we get to some calls from the public sure the 
So you can go to crudbuddies.club and there is a link to our Discord there and you can join our Discord. You can chat about movies and music and video games and comics and whatever the hell you want to talk about in there. Um, and you can also ask us questions when we do these recordings. So there is a channel you can join and and periodically we'll say ask us questions. And then some people do. Vieras uh, <laughs> Tallow asked us a question. They said... Between stuff like the menu and Triangle of Sadness, there's been a real eat the rich vibe from big budget satires of late. But what 70s or 80s? And I'm going to say, let's just talk broadly. If if you want to do 90s or whatever, include that mm. horror movie features the best depiction of class warfare, hard mode, no no answering society. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I put a bunch of thought starters here because the, some things came to my mind immediately were were mm -hmm. stuff like. Like they live is really obvious. Um, yeah, Dawn of the Dead's another super obvious one. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I feel like people don't reach for people under the stairs all that much, and I I think that movie is a little a little underrated still. Yeah, definitely for sure. Like I remember I rewatched it. Like I don't know, we talked about it on the podcast actually. My my like mm -hmm. rediscovery of people under the stairs, and that that definitely belongs on, uh, you know, as an answer to this question. Because that's a fantastic movie that still, sadly, still holds up. Yeah, um, that's always the tragedy of these kind of movies. You know, the fact that they still are relevant and might never not be relevant. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That that's People Under the Stairs is one of those movies where, like, when you're a teenager or something, and you're kind of just watching a bunch of Wes Craven movies, mm -hmm. which aren't like you know not aren't move like those movies all had like his movies have always had kind of like messaging and stuff but i felt mm -hmm. like when i was younger people in the stairs felt like a kind of like disappointment where you're like because it's not a straight it's horror more than movie, just a horror movie yeah and it's not like a straight comedy and it's not you know a straight set it's like everything is kind of rolled up into it and so when yeah. you're younger you're kind it, of it like i don't know kind of unfocused you're like i don't know what to do with all this information <laughs> yeah yeah. Then you, yeah you watch it later and you're like oh he was fucking on to something with this <laughs> yeah yeah there's it, there's layers man yeah <laughs> <It's> so dense <laughs> yeah what else uh jenna did anything come to your mind uh it's it's yeah, well, you, I think you, one of your thought starters was actually one of the first movies that came to my mind, which was uh, Le Grand Bouffe. Mm -hmm. uh, bouffe uh, buffet? I don't know. I can't pronounce that, that word, <laughs> language. <laughs> Le Grande Bouffe. Yeah, that's how I say it. Um, <laughs> but that, south. I mean, that's like such a good, I mean, I, I guess like part of my thing is that like I try my, and we don't have to really get into this, and I didn't see the menu to be fair, but like, let's I get into it. Of, <laughs> triangle of sadness like it thinks it's doing that but it isn't and then you watch some movie like le grand Bouffe, and you're like yeah this is a real satire on mm -hmm. on showing these these people as despicable whereas i feel like something like triangle of sadness was just too kind in a lot of ways like they make yeah, people yeah. like vomit and piss on each other and all that you know, <laughs> yeah you know whatever yeah. <laughs> but um you know and it, and it gets like it's uncomfortable movie but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, and this was kind of my issue with, um, with, uh, Parasite was that at the end of the day, the, the rich people are like shitty, but they're not that bad. Like, you know, they're just kind of like crummy people. Like they're just people you wouldn't want to be friends with mm -hmm. and they're selfish, but like, they're also sort of fine. 
And I feel like if you're going to do a satire like this and you're going to go like go all in, like do like Gorilla Grand Booth. <laughs> yeah. You know, have like four guys like gorging themselves to death literally in like a really disgusting, nasty way that makes you almost like hate the actors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then Parasite never would have won an Oscar. Right. <laughs> you know, that's the problem. What are you yeah. going for? You know, <laughs> I, I totally understand what you mean, though, because I did watch the menu recently and that shit is some weak fucking satire. Like, <laughs> like it was fine. It was entertaining. I didn't hate watching it. I thought it was thought it was totally fine. Some good performances. But it it really, really made me think like 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 if you're not going to make a like real like fucking point about this, that stuff, then like. Mm-hmm what are you even doing like approaching the topic right you know like because in 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 the menu it's like these people are all rich and shitty but they're rich and shitty in ways like you're saying it's like one of them is like a pretentious uh food reviewer who like is she seems kind of annoying and then one of them is like john leguizamo and he was a a very famous actor who like started to be in really shitty movies and the villain of the movie saw him in a movie that sucked and he was upset about it. And it's like, you are in a bad movie. And it's kind of like, I want like, you're right. And, 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 and you're like, I want you to fucking where's if it's going to be a satirical movie, there needs to be some like bite. There needs to be some edge. There needs to be some shit that like really cuts to the bone. <laughs> or there needs to be somebody at bare minimum who's actually worked like a blue collar job or like mm-hmm. retail <laughs> <laughs> who understands because like, you know, if you've only ever been a creative and I feel like this is another issue overall is that like I because everyone's so busy working all these jobs just to stay afloat. Like and, and there, there's there was an article about this recently about how, um, you know, people uh, pretty much can't enter the arts in any sort of meaningful way unless you're rich to begin with, because it's just so hard to, to yeah. break through and stuff. And 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 we're seeing that, I think, in the, the art that's being produced, like it's missing something that mm-hmm. we were actually getting a lot more of in the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s. That, you know, and, and it sucks because I like all that stuff. But I mean, yeah. my other option, I'm trying to think of other Eat the Rich movies. There's there's a lot of good ones. There's one that comes Maybe. to mind for me, but it's not a horror movie. I think of like Blue Collar, Paul Schrader's oh, Blue yeah. Collar. That's like a very angry movie, you know. So good. <laughs> um, but that's that's not a horror movie. So that's yeah, not but it's amazing. Question, but it, it's it's such a good movie about, about that, about like, uh, you know, the Infrainers and and unions and, and um class struggles yeah totally um, I, w- I was gonna say like maybe investigation of a citizen above suspicion in a way even though it's kind of a different it's more mm, about cops I've, i want to see that oh it's so good and it's not really i mean it's it's sort of it's basically a horror movie <laughs> there's a murder in it it's a horror movie uh <laughs> but it's more just horrifying because it's about like what the system lets people at the top get away with and, and mm-hmm. just how everything is so rigged and, and pretty much everything by Elio Petri, who's the director in, uh, cause he was a staunch communist and, you know, an Italian communist of the sixties and seventies. And you're like, hell yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, everything that he's done, I think always has that kind of a slant to it. Um, even mm-hmm. if the movie isn't explicitly political, but, um, but yeah, I mean, these are all I like. Those are your. It is. It is the seventies and eighties that that kind of do it best. Mm-hmm. Unless, yeah, or, and, and older. The seventies in specific is like just some very like angry generation yeah. of movies. Yeah, you know? if you're, <laughs> yeah, it's my kind of guy. 
I will say yeah, the, good stuff. The, the menu, you know, there was one like when the menu starts to touch upon things about like the working class is where I feel like it actually works best. And you kind of I kind of was watching that movie going like that. That's your movie. Like, you know, when they mention about like people that are working in kitchens that like are fucking killing themselves just to like be noticed and stuff. And like and then maybe something happens that takes that idea literally and and it's like yeah these are that's that's how you do this why didn't you make your movie this Mm -hmm. instead of it being a soft ass eat the rich thing (laughs) yeah um but uh i also put down eating raul which i feel like is Mm. maybe not super super i mean it is kind of a class thing but it but i just think that that's like a good kind of like scrappy exploitation movie that has some some like uh class and and sort of uh, cultural satirical stuff in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Great movie. Um, so another question from Rudeldal. He asks best Christmas movie sque- sequel. Also hard mode. No die hard Two. Um, my first, the only thing that I thought of for this was gremlins too. <laughs> I'm not sure. I understand the question in terms of like, is it a, a sequel to a Christmas movie or is yeah. it a Christmas sequel to a Christmas movie or is it a, I think just yeah. a sequel to any Christmas movie. So if you consider gremlins to Christmas movie, which I do technically gremlins too, that was why I kind of said it in a joking. Way. I forgot. Does gremlins <laughs> to take place at Christmas? I think it does. Does it? It, it feels very un-Christmassy because it's like all it's in not, the building yeah. and stuff. But yeah, sure. Yeah, that's I the other. I think of like, because I don't know. I don't I don't care that much. about. I mean, Home Alone 2. I don't know. Kid fell oh, down. Also, Christmas is over. <laughs> Fuck off with these questions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about Christmas anymore. <laughs> it's January. Yeah. January is the, the, the ugly sequel to Christmas. <laughs> we can, what we what can was go that straight... one Christmas movie that it's like the the kid's brother goes on a rampage in the sequel. Silent, it was Night, Deadly Silent Night. Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Silent well, Night, Deadly Night 4. Let's go. <laughs> five is a pretty... Have you ever seen the fifth one, Dan? Yeah. What is that? Uh, is the that one the Mickey one Mickey Rooney? With... Oh, the toy maker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird movie and it goes kind of bonkers at the end. There, but, yeah. this, is it the sixth one? There's that... no sixth one. Which which was the one made by Monty? That's the third one, Monty Hellman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Also a weird one. I feel like all of like that is just a weird ass horror franchise. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Isn't that just... that's crazy that that even happened though? So like, mm-hmm. director that made Tulane Blacktop, like yeah. the shooting iguana yeah. cockfighter, and then is like, you know what, Silent Night, Deadly Night three, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of the like you know the the ones that actually takes place in the timeline yeah where the first one starts it's like one two three four is unrelated five is unrelated yeah that makes it almost <laughs> weirder for Monty Hellman to be in there and that makes <laughs> but I, I feel like he just took over from uh for someone maybe um, I'm pretty sure there's like a story there why Monty Hellman was even there <laughs> yeah look it up <laughs> uh, you Google third, it. Yeah. yeah. Third question. Oh boy asks. It looks like Avatar Two is the water Avatar. Everyone in it had to learn to hold their breath real good so they could swim around in motion capture suits and get replaced with comp- computers later. What gimmick do you want to see in an Avatar sequel that James Cameron can torture his cast members into being coming masters of? 
I don't know, make like everyone walk on their hands. Make them yeah. learn that shit and then replace <laughs> it with computers. <laughs> it yeah. needs to be something very annoying <laughs> that takes I, a lot of time. I feel like, like everyone has to learn an instrument, which takes like m- months. And then yeah. it's not in the movie. <laughs> the easy answer is like, okay, fire or earth or whatever. Or, yeah, other and, elements. <laughs> but yeah, I think you should just be like, everyone has to walk around with ping pong paddle balls and like, I'll take it out later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Like, make all, make them all learn violin, but they t- they remove the violin in the final. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they make it you like a CGI violin, and the music is like uh, replaced yeah. later. <laughs> I I heard that um, James Cameron wanted the 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 third Avatar to have kind of like an unspoken and unseen uh, element of comedy. So he's going to have everybody walk around with those glasses that have a nose and a mustache on them. (laughs) He'll take that out later. (laughs) I I don't think James, like in in all honesty, I don't think James Cameron is going to do anything other than water. Like he's been doing water his entire fucking career. Like you look at the abyss Titanic, that guy just Mm -hmm. loves water. So yeah, yeah, these are always drinking it fucking weirdo <laughs> he's filled with it like for 70 percent. what a guy yeah can i just tell you guys that the only thing i know about avatar 2 is that i keep buying kinder eggs that have avatar toys in them specifically nice. because here's one i'm You're showing the, the whole collection i have two, yeah. two little avatar guys i don't know what they are or you know what's happening but and what are they in kinder eggs or what? kinder eggs yeah do they still sell those over there Hell yeah, they that do. Was my I thought question. they were banned. I thought they were illegal. They were illegal with the um. They have these like versions that are basically like a deconstructed Kinder Egg. Okay. Where one side of it there it's, it's two sides of plastic, of course, because you need even more waste. Yeah. One side is the toy, and the <laughs> yeah. other side is like if you melted a Kinder Egg and then stuck two like like Ferrero Rochers. You guys have those? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. If you stuck two of those in it, so and then you eat it with a little spoon. Oh, that's so fucked up. I know that's, that's, it is. That's a, it's not nearly as satisfying as as the Euro Kinder eggs. Yeah, but, we have um, the we have the egg style here as well. Egg and style, baby. Yeah, you got to get that's that the, little, the thing that the toy comes in. So satisfying. Yeah, to the open. little yellow bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> for a while i i didn't buy any of these because of the fact that the toys that they would give you were really crappy they there was nothing but to now put it's avatar. now yeah. that it's avatar and they allow me to put the little pieces together i was like yeah all right i'll buy that <laughs> I'm, I'm sure some hacky comedian has made this joke already but like you can go to america and get like a fucking gun anywhere and they're like <laughs> no kinder eggs fuck off <laughs> yeah that's, that's we crazy. love suffering in this country comedy yeah. writes itself in america I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, that's what was the question. The, that, that's <laughs> it. That's it. That was the question. Okay. Oh, we did um, it. Nice. We did it. Uh, and we'll do it again next time. But for now, <laughs> we're going to talk about the crud. crud. The crud that we've been watching. I think everyone can talk about a movie that they've seen recently that they would like to discuss you get Does one anybody w- want to go first or two doesn't matter yeah i've been i've been beefing up my 90s movie watching yes and, mm. and occasionally 80s and um Impressive. i do want to bring up a kiss before dying just because i know yeah. that dan's seen it and it's not that bad you guys are all wild if you think it's that terrible it's fine i know 
it, yeah, I, sure. I'm just happy that there's a bunch of Matt Dillon sex scenes, but you know what? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. I've, I've seen the original and I, and I love that movie, but I had no idea that, of course, there's a, there's a remake of a noir movie. Like, yeah. why am I surprised that there are still some left? The changes they make are so weird too. Like yeah. they, they speed up the whole plot. Like it, it opens with him killing the sister and this isn't oh, a spoiler in, in either movie, by the way, but it opens immediately with him killing her. And then everything gets cult- told kind of in like reveal mm-hmm. flashback yeah. in a way. Okay. And yeah, then it, it takes a long time to get to the like plot of the movie of, of, and spoilers for a kiss before dying from 1991. And also very much older than that, but it takes a long time to get to the, like my twin sisters murderer. I'm now involved with them and what's going to happen. It takes, it takes a while to get to that, like reveal. Hmm. I feel like yeah. it does. And okay. also it uses, um, is Sean young, right? Who, who plays yeah. both sisters, which the original oh. doesn't do. Oh yeah. So the original kind of doesn't do the twin thing. Yeah, no, I mean they're like sisters, but it's two different uh, actors. Is it 1956 is the original, and it's yeah. uh, it's Joanne Woodward actually. And, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's it's weird because like they the movie literally they have a scene where the Sean Young is watching Vertigo. <laughs> yeah. And it's very clear that whoever was doing this remake was like, this movie sucks. I just wish I could remake Vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she has like a least... hair dyeing scene and all of this stuff. And does the kill happen in the same way that it does in the original? Yes, same like location. The beats are all the same, uh, okay. except for the ending, which they don't. The ending in the in the original, uh, mm-hmm. they're in like a quarry, which is way yeah. more cool. Yeah, very uh, and this one is just like, uh, you know, they're in the apartment, and then finally yeah. she's like, oh huh. no, they're they're in a house, but it's fine. Isn't yeah. it something no about split. a train and stuff or something? Oh my god, nothing about a train. It comes through the house. That stuff is ridiculous and, and very funny. I mean, like yeah. he, you know, it's like basically actually maybe this is a kill the rich, eat the rich movie because it's like, you know, this this young kid is trying to get ahead in life. And, and he, the only way he can really see forward is to marry off this rich sister. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the reason why he kills her to begin with is because she thinks she's she's going to get disowned by her super rich father. And so mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But um, but I don't know. I thought it was totally fine. It was. Yeah, this is one of those movies where like at some point everyone decided that this movie sucks because Sean Young is the worst actress ever or something. (laughs) And like you see all these reviews where they're like worst performance ever made in the history of film and you watch and you're like, it's just a normal, not amazing, (laughs) not not that bad. bad It's like, fine. She's a little monotone. Okay. Right. Is that your fucking problem? Like internet? (laughs) Like what? (laughs) No, she's internet has a lot of problems. So, well, (laughs) true. She's really not that bad. She's just not good. No, Mm. no. But I mean, Matt Dillon, as much as I like love Matt Dillon at this point, because all I did last year, he was my number one actor for my letterbox uh, rundown. Um, I like Matt Dillon a lot, but he also has a specific range and, uh, to have, and he's such, he's so low energy, which mm-hmm. I think works for him. And you know that he can be not low energy because when he's in comedies, he's totally different, but like yeah. his low energy thing does not play off. doesn't play well with someone else who is also low energy, which is Sean. Okay, yeah, 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 you know, it's that monotone thing does not yeah. work if he's also there. So that's, no. what's weird, but yeah, I don't know. They're both pretty. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what we're here for to see pretty yeah. people die? Like, you know, pretty yeah. people murder. Yeah. That's yeah. a movie. 
totally yeah i like i i also felt that way like i think i gave it three stars i was like this is fine it's just i wanted a dumb thriller and then i watched one and then i walked away (laughs) (laughs) um matt dylan's really good in to die for though which rules oh yeah that that was great that was yeah that movie is fucking amazing yeah yeah any any other 90s uh hits from your diary on letterboxd um, the other thing I've been sort of slowly dipping my toe into was Robert Downey Jr. movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It sort of came out of uh the blue. And the one that I really liked, which is kind of um the hashtag problematic, was the pickup artist. From I saw that you logged that in nineteen eighty seven. I've had that on VHS for a long time, and I was always like, Maybe I'll watch this. And then I realized who it was directed by, and then I was like, yep. Maybe I don't need to. <laughs> Wait, who directed it? James Toback, who has been, you know, me too rightfully, uh yes. for oh, being yeah. a creep and an, okay. an awful person. And this is a movie where Robert Downey Jr. basically plays out James yeah, Toback's fantasies. Seen it, yeah. As he walks up to random women on the street and charms yeah. them into giving him, you know, into sleeping with him. And, you know, I I would love to have a larger podcast discussion about like things that like these sort of fantasies that work out on screen that do not whatsoever translate to real life. And in, in fact, like our crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's totally fantasy world versus reality. And it's like, yes, when Robert Downey Jr. does this to Molly Ringwald on screen and like everyone's charming and knows their boundaries. It's like, it's fine mm-hmm. <laughs> when James Toback does it in real life to like any woman, like, and doesn't know his boundaries and is a complete creep. It's not fine. But this movie is interesting just because it has Dennis Hopper in it. Danny Aiello, <laughs> Harvey Keitel, uh, it who, has who plays Molly Ringwald's father in it, isn't it? Dennis Hopper. Is it Dennis Hopper? Oh, I thought it was Harry Dean Stanton, but I might be thinking of another. You're thinking yeah. of uh, Pretty in Pink. Oh yeah, yeah. That might be it. Yeah. Everyone's in this movie, it, and Tony Sirico, <laughs> Lorraine Bracco's in it. Like oh, it, it's it's wild, and so it was kind of really, and also it does this thing, and this is my problem: is that like it, it's very nostalgic New York for me. Like, yeah, 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 is exactly the New York I grew up with. So there is like it's just charming because it goes, and then it goes to a uh, Atlantic City, which is also just yeah. has completely unchanged even since the eighties, still. So. <laughs> So I don't know. It was crud. It was crappy. Like I, I can't like sit there and say it was such a great movie and, and it's totally messed up and I'm not going to sit here and praise James Toback. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, I watched it. There was a 90s romantic comedy uh, called Mystery Date with Ethan Hawke and it like opened with Ethan Hawke who is obsessed with his neighbor or something. So he like starts going over and like stealing her garbage and, <laughs> and i was like that's As what you you, that's a crime what the fuck are you doing dude <laughs> you're like you're you're now you are now a stalker <laughs> so romantic i know <laughs> oh that's so fucked yeah what about, about you guys? carlo um yeah i the thing with like watching these new movies i don't come across a lot of crud like i'm still watching like mm-hmm. my tokusatsu shows but that's not movies but in terms of movies i watched like the one that impressed me the most is like the kind of movie i rarely watch it's like a very serious uh 
drama from Japan. Uh, it, it played in, I went to the Nippon Connection Festival in Frankfurt last year and it played there, but we weren't able to see it. Um, and I don't think, I, I, I'm not sure if it's been like released outside of the festival, festival circuit, even though it's a 2021 movie. It's this uh, drama called Intolerance, Kuhaku in Japanese. Um, it seems pretty under the radar. So like if I check Leatherbrook, like 500 people have seen it. So it's probably not really, um, yeah, I don't know, being seen by a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I don't know if this is going to end up being a candidate for the Japanese, uh, festival that I work for in March, cause it's a bit older, like it's a 2021 movie, but, um, and it's gone, it's like now 2023. But yeah, that movie really impressed me. Like I say, I don't watch a lot of like new serious dramas. Um, this is basically about a um, um, uh, a, a girl, like a young teenager, who gets into a car accident after um, like um, she's basically caught stealing, and then the manager like calls her and like takes her into the office. But then she runs, and the manager goes after her because he's been dealing with a lot of like um pickpockets in the store and everything and then just people stealing stuff um but stuff happens and she gets run over and she dies um this is not a spoiler in the movie like it happens pretty early on and it's like the inciting incident for the rest of the movie which is just like everyone surrounding her everyone who was involved with this accident is just completely miserable now <laughs> in different ways. Like uh, the father is just, he's, he's ends up basically being the main character along with the shop manager who basically causes her like accident. And the father is basically just the entire movie finding, he needs to find someone to blame. Like he's just like aggressively trying to find, like he goes to the school where mm. uh, she went to, um, ask like um, talking to the teachers and the principal and asking like was she being bullied let me talk to the children I want to know what was going on but she was kind of like a recluse so um, and also that's like an invasion of privacy like the, the teachers and the principal are like no we, we can't allow that kind of thing um, but yeah it was just a very well done movie like no there were no parts in it that took me out of it like everything happened in a very spontaneous but still like chaotic way because that's such a fucked up situation for everyone to be in and the way everyone dealt with the consequences of what happened and also the, the person who um was in the car driving who who ran the girl over and everything you get a bit of her side as well and um yeah the movie kind of left me like uh emotionally empty afterwards and 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 that was a way i could tell like okay this was a really good movie because it was really invested in the entire thing um right up until the end um even if it was kind of draining like I say, I don't really look for that kind of movie, but because it's a new movie and it might be a candidate for the festival, I was like, okay, um, we're just going to put that on. And yeah, I don't know. Like from the start, I was really into it. It's just a very well-directed, well-written uh, drama about just tragedy, really. So Nice. Uh, yeah, Intolerance 
is the title 2021 directed by Keisuke Yoshida as a director I wasn't really familiar with but I'm definitely just based on this movie alone I am going to uh, check out more movies by I was going to ask like oh because I also I just looked them up while we were listening and was didn't that that movie you're talking about is their yeah. most popular one yeah exactly and it's not seen by a lot of people yeah. at all uh yeah he's been around not that long i feel as a director um but yeah i have a couple of uh movies by him in my watch list now so i'll be checking nice. out if they uh are just as good as this one um but yeah pretty intense <laughs> definitely not crud just just a really really fucking good drama if you're in the mood nice. for that uh, check out intolerance I know what you mean about like those movies that are so draining and you're like, God damn, this was so good. But also I feel awful now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so totally. funny because like I, I tend to, if I, if to I cool know off. that that's coming, I will, yeah, like I'll put it off and I'll avoid it yeah, uh, yeah, unless yeah. I'm in the mood for it. But then if I get tricked into seeing something like that, I always <laughs> love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's kind of the thing. Like I wasn't tricked into seeing it, but it was a, a semi obligation. Right. Know? It's yeah. the best way to see them, I think, because otherwise, if I'm like knowingly walking to my death yeah. in that way, I'm like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't do it today. Yeah, 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 for sure, definitely. Yeah. So that's my um, recommendation. What about you, Dan? Yeah. So one of my crud challenge movies from the Discord, where people assign movies to you off of your watch list for movies um, for a month. One of one yeah. of mine this month was Light Sleeper. Oh hell yeah! Um, Schrader, yeah. yeah, some some Paul Schrader, which I know Jenna watched as well. Uh, you saw that theatrically recently, didn't you? Yeah, it played at the Roxy uh, Hotel, which has a theater in the basement here oh. in New York. And Paul Schrader was in person, which is why I went to go see it. And it was the most, um, it was the weirdest crowd ever because everyone kept laughing. Yeah, and I don't know, like I, I'd be real curious to how you felt watching it at home. Mm-hmm. But um. So, like, and yeah. so in your review, you mentioned that like people were laughing at the end of the movie. And so for for the listeners, it's a movie about William Defoe, who's a drug dealer, like upscale kind of drug dealer. He works for Susan Sarandon, dealing coke to people. And it's just kind of we follow them from job to job and back to Sur- Susan Sarandon. And it's kind of like, you know, a guy who's sort of, you know, not sure where his life is going. And this is kind of a menial job that he's been doing for a long time. And then also there's some stuff going on in the city about um, some murders. But like at the end of the movie, without spoiling like what happens in the movie, there's kind of like a scene between Willem Dafoe and Susan Sarandon where it's kind of revealed that like maybe they are going to be sort of like in a relationship you know, more than of what we've seen of them so far in the film, I would say. Mm. Um, and I thought it was like an unbelievably spectacular final moment of the movie, but I was watching it with Emma and not to put Emma on blast while she's not here. <laughs> but Emma was a little bit like, what the hell was that scene? Like she didn't laugh or anything, but she was kind of like, I'm not sure how I felt about that scene. And so mm. I could understand, I guess, like when there's, you know, a hundred or 50 people in a room a certain amount of them might be like, I don't know what to do with this, so I'm going to laugh, was what I guess what, mm. it, what it sounds like it happened. It was, honestly, it was even weirder because it was people like boisterously laughing at 
Willem Dafoe. And I think that it has a lot to do. It was mostly a young crowd. It's kind memified. of a hit. Exactly. I mm. think because people are kind of like used to seeing him as silly. They yeah. don't, they don't take him. And he's such a, a like a radiantly sincere person. Like, and, yeah, and that's like his number one thing, especially. And I think he's a brilliant actor. I think he's so much oh, yeah. better than, you know, what people make him out to be on Spider-Man memes. But like, <laughs> Yeah. He uh, he's so I'm a bit good. Of a brilliant actor myself. <laughs> but uh, you know, he I I honestly think that the, the laughter because the laughter was like <laughs> like that kind of like weird. It was like Jesus. what do you like? There's nothing Wait, here and, to and, laugh. And Paul at. Schrader was there and people were laughing. He came at the end to do a Q and A, so he wasn't like watching oh, throughout okay, the entire okay. time. But he clearly had he walked in on people laughing at this last scene and now the other thing and this i do understand the laughter is that the soundtrack to this movie is a little bit it's like it's outdated in my yeah. opinion and, and and so it's for, it's sorry no no <laughs> from sorry what i understand know. um i think rudadel on the on the discord mentioned it that schrader was trying to get springsteen and couldn't oh, yeah. and so there's this like kind of music that you can tell somebody wanted to be Springsteen but isn't I feel like maybe <laughs> like it has that kind of a like like emo -y like not emo but like not emo in the sense of like people listening are gonna think like midwestern emo indie rock music but like there's a kind of like sad boy wandering the streets drug dealer thing and and a certain type of Springsteen song could have mm -hmm. been absolutely perfect for that and instead there's this song that like I didn't hate, but the the singer is a little like cheese ball. Yeah, and... it's it's cheese ball, and the lyrics are cheese ball. They're very sentimental lyrics. Yeah, and so I can understand people laughing at that, especially because it it ends with like this sort of sexual note, and then yeah. the song and... just cuts to like it's like boom, the song is playing. And that was why Emma was like, I don't know what what with that line <laughs> in that song, and I and I was kind of like no like that's so perfect for what this movie is about this movie is about like a guy who has done everything in his life to not think about what's happening in the future and that line at the end of the movie is about like he's look gonna look forward to something and yes it's like kind of bluntly sexual but it's kind mm. of like that's like the perfect final shot yeah. <laughs> no i'm with you i thought <laughs> i haven't seen light sleeper yet even though i i've liked most paul schrader movies that i've seen you should totally check it out. It's interesting. It's definitely it's it's one of his more interesting movies, even though it's kind of in a mm. lot of ways the same old thing he always does. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, the, the way that it, it pulls out its violence is a lot more interesting than than normal. Mm. OK. Yeah. I, I think it also kind of just misses, you know, a lot of Schrader movies I'll watch and I'll be like another masterpiece <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> you know, because I love a lot of Schrader. But I think it narrowly avoids that just by being like what you said, like similar to some other movies that they've made but at the same time i just love like the vibe is amazing it has this like bluey purpley mm -hmm. like kind of new york wandering around like high class like 90s 80s hangover 90s yeah, yeah. neon sort of like sadness it's it's so good from a vibe perspective <laughs> nice yeah but so. I got to finish my story real quick, which is yeah. just that Schrader came out and the first thing he said was, why are you all laughing? He's like, I've never, he's like at a Q and A, I've never had to ask this, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, why are you all laughing? Dead silent. Nobody wanted to say anything. And I was like, it was like so embarrassing because I'm like, here I am part of this crowd. And I was thinking I would almost, and in like, 
if I had spoken up, it would have been to be super antagonistic to everybody else yeah. there, which is the <laughs> thing that stopped me because normally I don't try to pick fights because they're public. Stupid, or <laughs> they don't yeah, understand I was art. Like, <laughs> I really wanted to be like because they're fucking insecure. Like these are a bunch of insecure losers. One guy eventually yelled out because it's funny. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, like get me out of here. Uh, you know otherwise what? Good for he that did guy. A, a fine Q and A. They do sell alcohol at this theater, so you know. Yeah, speaking his truth. (laughs) (laughs) No, I. Yeah, I. uh, That happens so much with with rep cinemas sometimes, and I always both didn't understand and did understand when people would be like at at like B movie screenings, they'd be like don't fucking like MST3K this shit. Like we're here to watch a movie. And, and a part of me is like, well, sometimes the fun of like quietly turning to your friend who you're there with and whispering something that's like a, a joke about what's going on can be like some of the funniest, hardest times I've ever laughed in my life. Oh yeah, big yeah. Time. But also people don't know how not to be an asshole. So I understand it. Yeah, but right. I also just feel like there's, I've, I've definitely been at movie screenings where people are like, <laughs> and you're like, it's a movie, man. <laughs> it's like a dramatic scene. What are you doing? <laughs> Dude, the, the first time I saw Possession in theaters, everyone was laughing their asses off. Oh and God. I had already watched that. And like the way that I watched it by myself was in like total, I was like totally mesmerized by that movie. Yeah. And was a bit horrified by it and i was so excited i brought a friend i was like this movie's amazing you got to see this and the theater was laughing their asses every single line was like a comedy and i was like i never even thought about laughing at this movie like yeah sure i mean again like if you're going to laugh at it there's plenty of things that are funny about it and i think that's part of the brilliance of that movie like it's Mm. funny but it's not like ha ha funny it's it's not yeah it's not mst3k like like yeah, this, yeah. this movie sucks, but yeah. now it's better because we're talking over it. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's like they're just waiting maybe for stuff to riff on, and they're just in anticipation. They're like getting giggly, but then there's nothing to riff on, so it just stays at the giggle. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know. I have a friend that went and saw a rep screening of the Beyond, uh, the Fulci film recently, yeah. and they said that there were some people there for that that were kind of like finding i think people look for stuff you know like he yeah, yeah, yeah. he was saying like I gotta oh, be a comedian. yeah like he was saying oh there's a shot in the movie where there's like a sign with some really bad like translated english on it and people were like bah! that's hilarious <laughs> their first language isn't english yeah that's so hilarious. Like, what <laughs> like i don't okay <laughs> i don't know man like just watch the movie yeah it's a good movie watch it yeah People are really afraid of enjoying stuff sometimes and like, unless they think, unless they deem it, you know, important. And yeah, I kind of get it though. Like I used to be more that way as well. Like, I don't know, more than a decade ago when we would do like these B movie marathons, it was definitely the kind of thing where, okay, we're getting together with friends and usually what we do is we shoot the shit and we make each other laugh. And now we're watching just a bunch of like shitty karate movies, horror movies, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have that, i don't know like uh capability yet to just enjoy them as they uh, as as they are presented and you're just finding ways to get over the awkwardness or just be comfortable with yourself like yeah you're like yeah what are you gonna do sit there in silence with like five guys watching a a a, a shoddily made uh b-movie 
So, you know, but then when I started watching those movies by myself, for myself, like my view on that totally changed. Like, okay, you can, like you said, then you can crack a joke to a friend or, but don't constantly be looking for um, flubs or, or stupid yeah. shit happening in movies just to riff on it because it's still, I don't know, it might be, it might just be a good, enjoyable movie without that shit. Yeah. And, and I used to make the argument that like, you know, both can exist, but yeah. I feel like at a certain point there was like some kind of a scale of like people suck and they're assholes and they can't accept that a thing can be fun, you know, and it like just yeah. snapped to that other side. <laughs> you know, it's funny, yeah. like when I started really getting into movies in like a hardcore way mm -hmm. uh, in like logging them and stuff, uh, it a lot of that came with this sort of uh realization that the stuff that i that really upset me was actually some of the best stuff that i had watched mm -hmm. and so i think that this is kind of the other side of that it's like the stuff that's sitting there making you laugh is actually like you, you, you have to get to that point where you're like yeah. oh it's on purpose like yeah. i hated this movie and it because i hated this character and mm -hmm. that's what the movie wanted me to do yeah, yeah. you know like i'm laughing at this you. or like <laughs> I'm I'm impressed with with how how shitty this effect is, and yet like it still it still totally worked, and like you know mm -hmm. brought something to to uh, the the movie is like yeah. the same kind of like you know a light bulb has to come on at a certain point. Totally, yeah. Or like, oh, the the reason why this movie is amazing is because I'm like witnessing the passion that these people put into mm. this like low yeah. budget yeah. movie, and yes, there's other things that aren't the like traditional like lighting and acting and or whatever that like you can look at and be like oh there's like a beaming you know light of a like something beautiful in here and i just had to look for it <laughs> you know yeah, or you're just like seeing stuff you've never seen before because people are weird and they make weird and interesting decisions yeah. <laughs> and that in itself is just a joy that that's been captured exactly. in film and you can experience it you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our episode. Enough yeah. Thanks for hanging. Oh, Thank you. Where can, where can everybody find all of us? Let's go to Jenna first. That's right, because I'm at letterbox slash my exact name, which is Jenna Ipcar. But really, you can find me at backdashroad.com. What a great website. It's the best. <laughs> Let's hear it. For, uh, we're going to have our top tens of, of 2022 up this month, uh, which might be uh, old and new or all new or all old. <laughs> uh, so check that out. I'm, yeah. I'm putting all you guys on the spot. To I'm going to do it. Done. I started collecting it. So perfect. Yeah, I could probably do a top 10. If, 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 yeah, I haven't seen that many movies last year, but now I'm watching more movies that came out last year that are like candidates for festivals and stuff. And there might be something in there that I can actually, yeah, do like, a little okay, mix. He, here's like eight, eight movies, old movies that I've never seen before, but also here's two new ones actually yeah. that are really good and have yet to come out. Maybe. Nice. <laughs> And then last but not least, Cinema60, Cinema60.com. We are on hiatus currently, so you have a whole last year's season to listen to and catch up on if you don't listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's great. Why not? Yeah, Carlo. definitely. I love 60 Cinema, so. Um, Letterbox.com slash Psychopike. I have Hell like yeah. a Linktree uh, URL in my profile and everything else is just there. That's that's the easiest way to find all my shit. Don't go to Twitter. Twitter is a hellscape. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just go to my letterbox, Psycho Pike. 
Uh, and you can find me. I'm on Letterboxd, YCKMD underscore, or just type in Dan Gorman. I'm also on Twitter, the hellscape as YCKMD <laughs> underscore, or just go to backdashrow.com. Uh, until next time, see you later, alligator. That's our sign off, right? <laughs> For a yeah, while, sure. Crocodile. It's been Bye. a while. <laughs> yeah, we have to dance. <laughs>